I want you to do something with me, and that is I want you to read Matthew chapter 7 with me. Will you do that? I, now, when you say yes, this is what I hear. I'm going to read it with you, Opie. So, will you read Matthew 7 with me? All right, here we go. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? And look, a plank is in your own eye, hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. Am I the only one reading? Oh, okay, I just had to like do a check real quick. Okay, thank you very much. I feel better now. All right. 
And that rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Notice, before we read the last two verses, Jesus has done all the talking. And he is relating everything he is saying to a believer. Okay. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, all of those scriptures are important. But I want to talk to you about that last one as we do a recap of the kingdom of God. Now, you can watch this on the screen, but at the end of the day, you will get a very pixelated version that the preacher's tender about. And you know whose fault it is. It's his fault. And he is going to pay attention the next time he sees something that says 72 DPI. I just said a lot of Greek to you, probably, but I've learned a valuable lesson. We started off about four or five weeks ago, and we learned that the church is the vehicle or the vessel that God chose to raise up, birth and raise up, to impart the kingdom of God to be carried out with. He didn't choose any other organization, but he chose the church, his bride. That's found in Matthew 16 and 18, or where we get a lot of that from, the church. For he taught them as one having authority and not of the scribes. Now, listen to me. The scribes are, for lack of better terms and time's sake, the, the scribes were church people. They operated and did their thing in the church. That's where they were known at, and that's uh, who they were known by was church people. But Jesus did not teach like people who should have been teaching with authority. He taught and spoke and preached and lived as one with authority. The great news for you is that same authority has been given to you. But do you still live as a scribe is what he wants to know. Well, he knows that. Okay. Then we talked about the kingdom of God itself. For the kingdom of God is not in jaw-japping. Well, no, it don't say that. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And when you just talk about being a Christian, when I just talk about living right and doing right, I'm jaw-japping. When I just talk about the great things that happened in the past and the great things that God wants to do, I am still just using words. You cannot confuse power with words. I hear words. I can talk about having power in this building. But if I go and turn a light switch on, you know there's power in this building because you've seen the manifestations of that. And the kingdom of God is not in just talking about grace and mercy and God's love and even judgment, heaven and hell. But the kingdom of God is power. It's the power of God, the authority of God being carried out through the people of God, which is the church. And so we went on to Ephesians 6.10, and that scripture just said, 
Finally, my brethren, this is what you need to do. Be strong in the Lord. We got one of these cards. We can put it on the screen for you. But you're going to get one, as I said. But you may not be able to read it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks are the schemes of the devil. Now, this is what I want to spend a minute talking to you about. It's not flesh and blood. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, that defines the kingdom of God. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, the kingdom of God we're talking about right now, we're not referring to heaven. That is spelled H-E-A-V-E-N. God, kingdom of God is spelled G-O-D. The kingdom of God is the rulership, the reign, and the authority of God, the realm of God being carried out on this earth right now. Nobody can walk in the kingdom of God but the people of God. Nobody can operate or enter into the kingdom of God but serious-minded, focused people of God. And let me, let me show you real quick, if you missed it, the kingdom of God. We're probably going to need some lights over here, guys, because men love darkness rather than light. That's who's running lights upstairs. No, I'm joking. Anyway, we might need a lot of lights on this because I want people to see this that hadn't seen this. A lot of people try to enter the kingdom of God. They, 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 they would love all that stuff that's inside the kingdom of God, putting on the whole armor of God, all that kind of stuff. But the problem is everybody, a lot of scribe-natured people, try to do it with their head. They do. I had to do that so I won't have the buckwheat hair or Bart Simpson I talked about. And the only way you can really enter into the kingdom of God, you don't do it with your head because you can't lean to your own understanding because you're going to die in your tracks trying. Your mind is no good, only the mind of Christ. That's the only mind you are permitted to have. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, you do not do it with your head or just jaw-japping and words and all that. You do it by humbling yourselves. And when you humble yourself, that means you got to lower yourself and your heart represents your hand and vice versa. Your hand represents your heart. That's how you get into the kingdom of God is by serving. Now, the kingdom of God in word is this right here is the mission field. All Christians that just demand to walk in talk only, they're over here wanting to do all the good things, and a lot of good things are done in the kingdom of God by, uh, or in the mission field. But to address the greater things, the greater I'm talking about more than just surface stuff, to confront the devil like you saw in that song earlier, revival to to just go in and address everything from evil spirits to disease sickness and all this you can't do it with just your head and just doing the the good christian socially approved things you're going to do that you got to do this way you got to go in and get on the whole armor of god and the way you do it is on your knees in prayer in serving, putting people above. See, now that's, see how easy it is to get in the kingdom of God? Do it with your heart. Now I'm in the kingdom of God, and you know what? Now it's no problem for me to grab the shield of faith. It's no problem for me to put on the helmet of salvation. Go out here, what, you know, the, the devil can say, boo, like I just did. He can say, boo, and, you know, 
Christians will tuck tail and run, scribe mind to Christians. But somebody who has walked in, entered into the kingdom of God, man, they, they've got the sword of the Spirit. Their feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They're ready to roll, ready to rumble. They really are. And when you're in the kingdom of God, you are no better. Listen to me. You're no better than the people that just are scribe-minded and try to, I won't do all that now. I don't know about all that kind of stuff. That's kind of weird and scary, and it's going to require more humility on my part. They're no better than the people that just go in and dabble, but they're better off. Because now you are cocked and loaded. You've got weapons that are not carnal, to buy, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So see, you can do some damage to the kingdom of darkness if you are operating not with your head and scribe-mindedness. You can really do some damage to the kingdom of darkness if you understand the kingdom of God. Then we talked about David and Goliath. David was offered all these other kind of things, you know, without going through here. Saul offered him all of these tools. Uh, let me put, but he was putting heavy stuff on him. And that's what we do. There's two ways. There is a way the Bible says it seems right to man, but it's destruction, it's death. And when we don't walk in the power and the spirit that God has for us, that authority, when we don't walk in that, then we choose to put heavy stuff on. That's what Saul did to David. He says, well, if you got guts enough to go out here and fight this giant, oh, let me give you this. And y'all know this story. I just went over it two weeks ago. He started putting all the heavy armor on him. I mean, physically. And the man couldn't even walk, let alone confront a giant. And David was offended. He, he ignored the size of Goliath. Didn't even phase him because his God was being insulted. And blasphemed against. And so it didn't matter the size of the giant. The problem at hand was what was taking place to the only true God. And David said, it's got to stop. And that's what God's saying. Is the church about ready to say that? It's got to stop. It's got to stop somewhere. We got to do more than go to church. We got to get on our hands and knees. And we got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We've, we've got to seek, we've got to pray, we've got to, we've got to repent. We've got to turn from our wicked ways so that we can get in there and we can, we can be the spiritual Navy SEALs and get it done. And that's the only way you can do it, folks, is by understanding that your God is being ran through the mud and, and all this, and it's not that you need to take up for God. You don't need to take up for God, you need to stand up for God. We don't need to take up for him. God can handle it. And, you know, it's not automatic. When I'm a believer, I have, I have got to make my mind up. Look, I can dabble in and just play around and not be too controversial or one of my new favorite words to hate, not be too offensive. Come on, Jesus said, look, I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I am peace. He said that in another. He said, but I come to tear it up, man. I, turn, I come to turn it inside out what Jesus said. I'm just telling you what he said. And, and so it's not automatic. So you've got to do what you have to do, what the Bible says, to get in. 
And this is not politically correct even inside the church today because we want to be a friend of the world. Amen. Amen. We want to be a friend of the world. And then all you got to do is humble yourself because I talked about I want you to know how to get in there. If I can tell you about it, if I tell you how beautiful Montana is, and it is off the chain. Ain't been there in about 28 years, but I will go back some point in time. And it's beautiful. I can tell you about it, but if I don't tell you how to get there, if there's no GPS, no anything, I can sit here and just go through all the wonderful sights that you can, you can see, and it's no good to you. It just goes right here, and that's it. I got to tell you how to do it. And in the kingdom of God, you got to know that I've got to do this. I've got to just tune everything out. I've got to deny myself. I've got to pick up my cross, crucify everything down to my mind because my mind's going to try to rationalize the things of God. You can't, man. You, you, you got to be a fool for Christ's sake if you're going to get in Him. You do. You do. You will use your Sunday school pens. You will use what grandma said, what preacher so-and-so said. Well, they ain't doing it at that church. All that stuff is, is wrestling against your mind, and that's why you got to nail it to the cross daily so you can follow the Lord, but you can walk in the power and the authority of the Lord. I'm really going through it quick, but I want you to know that it's available. Right now, this day, while you are alive, it's available. And when you humble yourself, as we said last week, the Bible says that if you humble yourself, and it's like I brought up or the Holy Spirit did, I believe that's where the hand of the Lord is. That's why you got to get down there. We live up here. Well, you way above, you way above the hand of God. He can't lift you up because you walk in on air. You think you're Jordan. And so you just all up there. And the Lord says, no, you got to humble yourself. And when you get down there, then, then you can reach God's hand. And you remember, you step on his hand up. And he said, and I will exalt you. I will lift you up. And that's, that's how you do it. You humble, you pray, you seek, and you turn. Two scriptures. The first one is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, that we ended with last week. And this is it. If... My people. He said my people. Now, we know he's referring to his people, all right? If you're a believer, I got great news for you again today. You were his people. Now, let's see what he says about his people. If my people, which are called by my name, or they call themselves my name, Christian, Christian, it's Old Testament. I don't care. We're not living 2,000 years ago. We're not in Israel. You are his people here today. If my people, which are called by my name, and here we go. Here's the field trip. Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and then turn from their wicked ways. Then, started off with it, and now we finally got to then. If you do all that stuff, then I will hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin and will hear their land, heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 14. I've already read this today, but I want you to think about that. What I just said. Check out this. If you'll do those four things, 
That's what the Lord will do. But listen to what we just read a moment ago in Matthew 7 and 14. Are you ready for this? Because straight is the gate. We're picking right up from where we just left off. Because straight is, why do I have to do this? Why does his people have to do this? Because, I love it when the Lord says because. My mom and daddy used to say that all the time. Why I got to do because? And they didn't, they didn't do any, they did not move outside of there. This is where they lived. Because I said so. And I kind of figured that part out, but I don't know why you say so. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leads into life. How many people want life? How many of you love life more than you love death? Oh, Lord have mercy. Richard is going to be busy tomorrow. <laughs> many hundreds of thousands of dollars. in <laughs> Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to where some of you want to go to life. And few there be that find it. Two of the biggest words you'll ever read in the Bible consist of two letters and three letters. The first one is if, two letters. The second one is few. We don't preach on those words, and we detest those words, and we try to explain those words. Humble, pray, seek, and turn, and I'm doing that because I understand that straight is the gate and narrow is the way. There's not a lot of room for me to kind of play around here if I want to go to life, and a lot of you can start living life right this minute, but you've got to get on the right road. Now, I want to tell you a story quickly. And a lot of you know about this story. It's about, it was right after Jesus had, had risen from the, the grave. And it was all over town what had just taken place. There was all the theories uh, that were already out. And people, the buzz talk, what happened to his body, what's going on. And the church was about to be born, and it didn't realize that. And so people were talking. And one day, two men, they were about seven miles from Jerusalem. They, they were outside, and they were walking on this road on their way to Emmaus, a town called Emmaus. And as they began to walk, Jesus was with them, but they didn't realize Jesus was with them. And their conversation the whole seven miles was about how Jesus had died and he rose again and all the things that happened to him, how he was crucified, the miracles he did. And, and then Jesus, as he listened to this, and these guys didn't know it was Jesus, as, as he listened to this, he tried to play them. Well, he did play them. He said, um... Hey, what are y'all talking about? And they said, oh, my word, you have, are you like a, a stranger or something? And you're just now coming through town, and you don't know about this? And they began to tell him everything that went on about Jesus. And, and he kind of just kept walking with them. And, and mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, wow, ooh, man. And he, 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 just, he just heard them out. They walked with him, and, 
And they told him everything. I mean, all the details. You can read about it later on in the 24th chapter of Luke. And, and so it, it, they, they got to a place, and, and the best thing for me to do is, is just read this to you. They, they got to a place where they said this. They said, when they, and they was explaining to him, this is verse 23 if you are looking. When they did not find his body, they were telling Jesus this. They came saying, uh, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us, the two men were telling Jesus this, certain of those people that was with us, they even went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, talking about Jesus, they didn't see. Then Jesus spoke up and said to them, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the thing concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would go on farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Verse 30 says, And now as it came to pass, he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And verse 31 says, Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Let me tell you five things quickly, okay, that got them to this point. The first thing is that they walked with Jesus. Folks, let me tell you this. Back in September, I remember listening to a message about people's eyes being opened in the Bible. One was Hagar when her and the baby were kicked out. God opened her eyes. Her eyes were opened, and she saw a well. And then there was another time when Balaam and, you know, the whole donkey story, not Shrek, not that one, where the donkey talked and, you know, uh, and the prophet was able to see his eyes were open. And, and I'm talking to you about one of those eye-opening stories today. And then about three weeks ago, on a Saturday, I caught myself praying. When we were in this kingdom series, I said, God, I'm asking you, Lord, will you just open their eyes? I'll preach it. But you have to open their eyes. I can't open their eyes. I can present it. I can try to show them things about it. But Lord, only you can open their eyes. I, I, I prayed that and I kept praying it. And then on Monday, I had to go up to Southern Pines, rent a piece of equipment. And I don't mind telling you, on the way back, I decided to listen to a, a message from that day before by Jensen Franklin. And it was about opening their eyes. This was about three weeks ago. This was on that Monday. And both of those sermons were almost identical. And I got so much encouragement and confirmation because I know that God wants to open people's eyes. 
he don't want to just present this like, hey, a trip to Montana. But he spelled it out so simply in his word. All the things and the level that you can live at and win at inside the kingdom. He, he, he made it plain. And there's these things in this account right here that you've got to do that they did. The first one was they walked with Jesus. Well, Opie, I'm a Christian. I don't care. I'm not talking about being a believer. You need to be a believer. But you can be, you can be married to your spouse but not really walk with them. You can live in the same house but live two different lives almost. You know, you can have Jesus in your heart but never really walk with him. And talk with him. The next thing they did, they talked with Jesus. They carried on a conversation with him. They told him what was on their heart, what was going on. And then they invited Jesus in. The third thing they did, they said, come on in. Well, I've asked him to come in my heart. I'm not talking about that. They invited him into their lives. Every day, living. They invited him in. And they ate with Jesus. Let's do lunch. No, let's do supper and snack and lunch and dinner and midnight snack. See, they you got to eat with Jesus. You, you, you've got to be able to say, no, I don't want food. I want you, Lord. And see, when you get to that place where you do that, same thing happens over and over again. It's like having communion. Lord, I thirst for you. I'm hungry for you then your eyes can be open. But that's the only way. And see, that goes back to humbling yourself. And if you're going to humble yourself, you got to block yourself out and everybody else. you got to block yourself out because you will get in your own way of walking with Jesus and eating with Jesus. You'll stay so busy. You'll stay so consumed. You'll stay so worried. You'll stay so focused on everything else. You won't eat, walk, talk. Sleep and dine with Jesus. No other way. It's not easy. But here's the deal. Once you tap into it, you don't ever want to tap out of it. Your eyes were open. I want to tell you just real quick, and this will take about two or three minutes. And I don't mean to be disrespectful in any ways, but I want to make it so simple this morning. I want you to try to get as much help as you can with what it means. What it means to open my eyes. And I want to show you a, a video clip. And then I'll finish talking about this. So I want you to just watch the screen for a couple of minutes. Why do you have them? We have them, so we don't have to use them. Oh, Don't help me! Everybody say grace. Bless this, O oh Lord. Grace!
Nothing here. Gandhi ate more than this. Benny, 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 I want you to stand, if you will. You don't have to use your imagination. All you have to do is read this book right here. And you can read account after account where people walked and operated in the kingdom of God. You see, you've been here for a few weeks, and the kingdom of God's a lot closer to you than it was even last week. In church, we have to get to a place where our eyes are open to the kingdom of God so that we can open their eyes out there in the world to the salvation of God. That's what the Bible tells us in the 26th chapter of Acts. We've got to operate in God's power where we can turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. And the only way this is going to happen is if that few people somewhere, somewhere maybe here, I pray, their eyes are open, their, 
I, I, I just don't want people to know that I'm really that, you know, that embarrassment, that pride is gone. Because you can't stay down there entering into the kingdom of God and operating and doing those things if you're still worried about people. And you got to turn your eyes, you got to turn your eyes to the Lord. And you got to look at Him. You can't even look at yourself. Because there's people that are bound by Satan in such a way. And I don't want to just try to make you think, well, I'm just trying to get you worked up or scare you. But all the stuff that we constantly hear in the news, it's only going to get worse. That bombing, and I don't get, well, they were, they were Muslims or whatever. It doesn't matter what they were. It'll be Christians next week. It'll be jihadists. It'll be, it, it'll be, you just go on down the line. It doesn't matter about it. It's that spirit that tells a person to go out and do that. And God wants to use a few people that are willing to say, well, I got to do my first works over, over again, Opie. I, I, I've got to, I, I, if that level is available, if that equipment, if that arsenal is available in the kingdom of God, I want it so that when I go out here in the mission field tomorrow to work, the miracles happen out there. I don't, I don't get caught up in what miracles happen in the church or at multitudes or wherever. When you leave the church today, that's where the miracles ought to be going. That's where... The freedom ought to be going that people are in bondage to. And I want to tell you that just, and a lot of people get upset about this statement, but just being a Christian is no threat to the devil. He's not spooked by church attendance because many churches are phony. They're scared of losing people or money. or People are... Not standing up and not bowing down at the same time. And you can't do that. You cannot serve two masters. And I've got to get to a place as a believer where I know that nothing moves me but the desire to see God move in and through my life. Nothing else. Not a lot of people or no people. Not Money to pay bills or no money. Or health issues or healthy as a horse. Doesn't matter. I've got to get to a place where I realize the revival in the land that is needed over there, this is where it is birthed at right here. It's birthed right here, folks. And you can't bypass. You can't pay $200 and collect. Go through goat. You can't do it. It's not monopoly. You can't do it. And it's just like that little clip. It's here. But my eyes need to be open. The bowl, the spoon, it's all the feast of the arsenal and the power and the presence and the deliverance of God is right here. But I've got to have my eyes open where I can see it. And I just want to ask the church 
Do you want your eyes open today? If you want your eyes open, I want you to join me at this altar so we can pray together, God, open my eyes. I just had a, a moment with the Holy Spirit when I walked over here and some of the youth walked by me. You know what the Lord just dropped in my heart? And I pray all the youth are, that were in the song. I, I, if you're not at the altar, I just want you to come, come by, come, come close. I know we've had two or three bomb threats. We've had... Uh, guns, all this just take place in, in schools around here. And none of that stuff, this sounds whacked up now, none of that stuff is an issue at all if our students know what the power of God is. Do we want it to happen? Oh, no, you know better than that. But I'd much rather be sending my child to school Knowing they're walking in the David-like power and authority and boldness of the Holy Ghost of God than sending them out, just hold my breath, hoping nothing happens today. There's a David in this room right now. There, there is not just a David, but there's a young Mary that just says, Lord, yeah, I, I'm game for it. The Lord says, you got to have childlike faith. If you're going to move mountains, you've got to have childlike faith. I don't care. And it's such an amazing thing to me that all of those people in those outfits that day for 40 days when Goliath was, it's amazing to me that the only thing that they saw was the size of the giant. And the only thing David saw was the power of God that was inside of him. See, this is where we've got to get to. We're all over the kingdom. We're all around the kingdom. I mean, you are all around it, this, literally. You, you are. Figuratively speaking, with props. And all you got to do is say, God, I need my eyes open. Lord, I, I, I don't want to get in my car without my eyes open. I don't want to. People can be delivered. Do you know people can be saved and set free? Well, Opie, I've never done that. I... I haven't been raised like that. I, I don't understand that. That's why you saw a, 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 a movie today. That's why there's props in here. That's why there's the simple gospel that's been presented today. Because you're raised that way right now. And Everybody in here, you've got somebody you're related to that's either thinking about ending it all leaving it all, stopping it all. And I can just keep going on and on and on. You work with somebody. You are neighbors to somebody. Or you might just pull up at the gas tank and a fool be beside you pumping gas tomorrow. And don't nobody say, yeah, there was about eight fools around me yesterday when I was pumping gas. I ain't talking about that. 
I'm talking about somebody that's just, the devil puts a thought in their mind and that's the end of it. And this, is, this is how we're going we're gonna to end this service today. I'm praying God open their eyes. And I just want all of us to pray God open my eyes. And then pray open our eyes. And you know this song right here, this, this rope right here. You know, I ain't going to waste no time. I can't, wa I can't walk on this rope without falling on this stage. I certainly couldn't walk suspended. But you know that song that Mackie Mime, his strength is perfect. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. You can do the impossible. You can do the things that seem to have died in some people's opinion with guys like Paul and Smith Wigglesworth and all... A.W. Tozer, all these men of faith. No, no, no. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside you, and you too can do all things through Christ. When you walk to work uh, down the hall, nobody here walks to work, I get that, but when you're walking through work or school, you may look the same, but the devil that's walking the hall or the room or the building or the plant, the devil knows who you are. He knows who you are. If you're not a believer today, you need to start walking with Jesus. I'm going to say that first, and then we're praying. If you don't walk with Jesus, you're not going to eat with Jesus. You're not going to let Jesus in, and you're not going to let him love on you, and you're not going to love back on him. And all you got to do is say, Jesus, I, I, I'm ready. I, I need to just humble myself and realize I need a Savior. I want you to walk right here. There, there's a spot right in the middle in front of my Bible right here. And we, we need to pray with you because you need to get your parachute on. That's what happens, see. When you get saved, you get your parachute on. Because one day when he comes and he takes you home, see, you're prepared. And likewise, even before that time, when the devil comes and tries to push you over, it don't matter. It don't matter what he tries to do. You're always going to land safe because you're prepared in Jesus Christ. If you don't make it home, if I don't make it home, I, that's one thing I'll never worry about. Where I'm going because I got, it, it's on my back. It's in my heart. And if you come and you pray, the Lord will save you right now. And the rest of us, we're just going to pray, Lord. We need revival. We need the kingdom. God is my strong tower. God is my refuge. God is my fence. He is also in the time of trouble. He is a very present help. Church, we're at a time now, crossroads. I'm not, I'm not trying to do this. But it's about to go down in, the, in this country. It's about to go down in our world. It's all set up. It looks good. You can watch the news or not watch the news. It doesn't matter. The Bible is the Word of God.